Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning. Roto Experts. To the end zone. It's The mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. It's caught for a touchdown. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts in the morning. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. Rats and shine, fantasy players. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Tuesday, August 14th. Let's cockadoodle do it. This is Roto Experts in the Morning, right here on the award winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm your host, Dane Martinez. They call me Speeds, the Spitting Statistician. And as always, I am overjoyed to be joined by our guy, FSWA Hall of Famer, Scotty Angle. Scotty, how you doing on a Tuesday? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, getting ready with the exclusive edge fantasy football package at rotoexperts.com. Enter the king at checkout for a special discount. Uh, read about when to draft the quarterback with George Kurtz, and he has IDP uh, strategies and rankings coming this week. That's definitely important. You know, we talk about all these different formats, right? We talk about best ball. We talk about what to do in auctions. We talk about PPR versus standard. When you have IDPs, it's a whole new world uh, thinking about their tackles, their sacks, and kind of out there. So it's good that we have rankings for that as well. It's good that we have strategies for that as well. If you really want to play with the big boys and win some of that cash, go on and check out George Kurtz's content. George Kurtz always does great work for rotoexperts.com. And George Kurtz is going to be doing a great job holding it down for the spitting statistician when he's gone for the rest of the week. I got to set sail over to the West Coast uh, for a little family business, but I digress. Let's get into some of the news and notes because we got a good show for you today, okay? We're going to cover a lot of the news, some injury concerns. Then I'm excited a little bit later on in the show. What we're going to do is we're going to have Raman Mohajer on from HowIDecide.org. They've got a really interesting way. They're using fantasy football for good. We're going to talk to him a little bit about that later on. And then 
then listen, like we talked about at the Roto Experts Exclusive Edge Fantasy Package, we're going to look at the Kings, some of his NFC players to watch uh, for different teams in the NFC. And of course, we're going to round out our, uh, you know, our team name contest. We're calling it around halftime at this point. So we're going to build our poll with the manimal down there in the fantasy pit of misery. Dilly dilly to him, dilly dilly to y'all. And if you want to join the show, so many ways you could do so, okay? 844-843-6879 is the number to call. The manimal will take good care of you. You could also hit us up on Twitter, at Spittin' Speeds, and at Scotty Roto X as always. All right, Scott, let's get into some of the things that I saw yesterday that kind of moved the needle for me. I'd love to get your opinion on it. First things first, we got to talk about this running back in New York here. All of Giants land kind of paused with a lump in their throat when they heard that Saquon Barkley was walking off of uh, – uh, practice with a huge wrap on his thigh. They are now saying that he has a quote-unquote mild strain. I guess, you know, I don't think this is going to be such a big deal, but at the same time, you want everybody to be, you know, healthy going into the season. And the other thing I would say is, listen, at first when we saw there was an injury to Darius Geis, at first they thought it was not that big of a deal, and then a day later, he's out for the year. Kind of same thing with people like Brita McKinnon. At first, it didn't sound too big. Now it looks like it's a little bit more of a bigger deal when they look at the test and all that stuff. What is your level of concern around Saquon Barkley, uh, Scotty? Uh, I wouldn't say it's major. It's something to watch right now. Okay. Hamstring injuries can linger, but I think that you know the Giants are going to put him in bubble wrap and give him a lot of rest to make sure he's ready for the regular season. Rookies do, you know, need those kind of reps, even if they're decorated as Saquon Barkley for blitz pickup. Well, you know, which he's been good in so far, according to. To all reports, and what we saw from the first preseason game, and you know, to get those reps in the offense and get that continuity, but it's more important that he's healthy than anything. So maybe we might see limited to no preseason action the rest of the way. Yeah, and listen, we all saw in his first run the kind of skills he brings to the table. But I think you make a good point. I think it's some of the other aspects of the game. You know, I think it's things like blitz pickup. I think it's things like being there on the field with Eli in the kind of two-minute drill, right, as he maybe wants to go to the hot route or change his plays at the line. It's those sorts of things. Like, we know the kid can run, but, right, it's those sorts of things that he does kind of need to be on the field with to build chemistry and build an understanding at the NFL level. Right, Scott? Yeah, it's uh, you know just you know, the NFL's a different game than college, obviously. And uh, you know Barkley, we saw last week the good and the bad. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, thirty-nine yard run, but then also like a two-yard loss. So you know you, he, he's going to be a rhythm back. And what I mean by rhythm back is mm. you know the more you feed him the ball, the better he seems to play. And he needs to get those kind of reps in order to you know have more optimum games. I think early in the season. Yeah, and remember, when you said that, you saw the 39-yard game, but you also saw, you know, carries of uh, zero yards and negative yards as well. Remember, I said it before, my one concern with him, especially with an offensive line that is known as below average, this idea that he tries to turn every play into the home run play, sometimes you need to take your three yards and just move on to the next one. But we all believe in Saquon Barkley. We still think he is definitely a first-round pick and probably inside the top five, six, or seven when it comes to running backs in your rankings. Another running back piece of news, I want to see uh, what kind of level of concern is on this one. The San Francisco 49ers... Scotty, they went out and uh, signed Alfred Morris, okay? Now listen, there's one 
uh, you know, line of thinking that Alf Morris is just really a camp body because they've had the injuries to McKinnon and also to Brita that they literally need people who can run the ball and know the scheme. And that is what Alf Morris, remember, Alf Morris was with Shanahan back in the, with the Washington football team. So he is familiar of around his offense. My question for you, Scott, is this just kind of a body uh, for camp? Do you think he's going to make the 53-man roster? Or is this a sign that maybe the 49ers are a little bit concerned about the Brita and McKinnon injuries? Uh, I think they're a little concerned here. McKinnon doesn't seem to be major, but Breed is going to miss the rest of the preseason. So I think Raheem Mostart and, and Joe Williams, we were talking about yesterday, I don't think they view them as, as uh, quality depth. But it could also be a smart signing because, you know, look, Jarek McKinnon, you know, at, at 5'9", 205, is not cut down, cut out for heavy work. Uh, I think a lot of people, fantasy-wise, are assuming that McKinnon can handle right. this heavy workload. Yeah, and the Alfred Morris could, you know, it's it, there's potential there that if he plays well, that he could cut into the workload maybe as an inside or goal line runner. It wouldn't be crazy to see that happen. You know, when we saw Morris get in there a few years ago, uh, a little bit over the last few years for Dallas, he looked okay. Yeah. That's true. You know, it, it could be interesting. We've talked about Alfred Morris as one of these guys that are out there on the kind of emergency call list, you know, that, that would be out there. Um, what I also think is interesting, Scotty, is that, you know, the 49ers decide to sign Alfred Morris. Washington never did. You know what I mean? So I think could that lead more credence to the news we're hearing out of Washington that they are going to try to handle this with P. Ryan and Fit Rob Kelly, as you're calling him? You know, to me, the fact that another team goes out and gets Morris, whereas Washington did not, and, you know, he's a former member of that football team, um, does that give you more confidence that maybe Washington is going to try to handle this in-house with uh, P. Ryan, Kelly, and Thompson as well? Yeah, Jay Gruden immediately came out after the injury and said, "said Look, uh, he said he said we're not going to sign anybody else outside the organization. We like who we have here, and it, it, this is a sign that I think you can believe him because yep. what's better on the on the street, you know, if, if they can't get Demarco Murray, there's nothing there." Yeah, you know, people talk about things like Adrian Peterson. People talk about things like yeah. trading for other backs that might be on the kind of roster bubble in other places like a Mike Gillisley, Amir Abdullah, people like that. But maybe Washington just does not believe that those guys represent an upgrade from what they have on their current roster. Yeah, it's it's really not. You know, Adrian Peterson mm-hmm. averaged 3.4 yards per carry last year, was very inconsistent. Uh, you know, Samaja Piran certainly has more upside than him. Yeah, you know, and then uh, I'm just throwing out people like Gillisley in New England because it seems like Jeremy Hill might have leapfrogged him for goal line duties. I'm throwing out Amir Abdullah out of Detroit because, you know, they got Carrion Johnson, Theo Riddick, and, of course, the hammer in the goal line, LGBT rights. But we'll see as, you know, time goes on. More and more injuries are going to happen this week in preseason, and that'll kind of create uh, – that'll, you know – Change the market a little bit, shall we say. I want to ask you about this one, Scott. Um, There was a report out of Philadelphia yesterday that uh, there's a possibility for Alshon Jeffrey to wind up on the pup list into the regular season. Remember, he had shoulder surgery, right? Everyone thought it was going to be that he was going to be kind of coming back. Um, But they're they're starting to talk that maybe this is going to linger a little bit, that he might be on the pup list. I mean, that would definitely be a cause for concern because that would cost him his first uh, six games if he were to be on the pup list. And remember, Scott, 
outside of last year, where Alshon Jeffrey remained healthy, this is a guy who has had a long injury history, a kind of track record of some of this soft tissue stuff. That was what always prevented me from calling Alshon Jeffrey's name at a draft personally because I didn't like his injury risk. Um, what's your level of concern on this one, the shoulder of Alshon Jeffrey? They're starting to talk about uh, – I, I heard the word pup list in the regular season. That gives me cause for alarm. What do you think, Scotty? Yeah, all inside injuries on rotoexperts.com was ahead of the curve on this a few weeks ago yeah. where they said that uh, also on Jeffrey was going to take a, more of a while to cover than anybody thought. And, uh, you know, I said, watch Mac Collins, you know. Mm. This, this guy is a potential sleeper here. And uh, people talk about Mike Wallace. You know, I'd, I'd have my eye on Mac Collins early in the season if also on Jeffrey is going to miss time. Fair enough. But here's my thing, Scotty. And, and, and uh, Matt Collins is definitely a name to watch. You know, he's flashed at times. You talk about maybe Mike Wallace. But here's the thing for me, Scotty. Don't don't the Eagles have like a lot of mouths to feed already? You know what I mean? So it's kind of something of a herd, in my opinion, already. You know, don't forget about Zach Ertz. You talk about Nelson Aguilar. You mentioned, you mentioned Wallace. You got Mac Hollins there. Don't forget this running back group has a lot of options as well, right? You talk about Darren Sproles returning and what he can do in the passing game. We've seen people like Clement out of the passing game. We also know a lot of buzz coming out of the second tight end, Dallas. Goddard. So to me, I wonder if it's like um, just kind of if Alshon were to miss a couple of games or even the first six with the pup list. I don't know that I go ahead and all of a sudden is Mac Hollins fantasy relevant or does it become like kind of spread out among all the other weapons in Philadelphia? I wasn't thinking about Mac Hollins as much as maybe a bump for guys like Aguilar, guys like Sproles, guys like Ertz. What do you think that means in the kind of overall fantasy herd that exists in Philadelphia? Yeah, I don't see it as much of a hurt. I mean, obviously you have hurts, but his role is established. Dallas Goddard, you know, maybe a little bit of a bump in the red zone. Uh, okay. But, you know, outside of that, we really don't know yet. Uh, Aguilar? Receiver, receiver, you know, Aguilar's got his role in the slot. He becomes the number one guy. Can he handle that? We don't know. And but past that, probably, I'm not doing this Mike Wallace thing. Again, ever okay. since he left Pittsburgh, he's been irrelevant. I, I, I like Mac Hollins more than I do Mike Wallace. And Darren Sproles is 35 years old and coming off of a major injury. So I, I think there's room for somebody to step forward there. And it could be a combination of Hollins and, Go, and Godert. All right, let's talk about Aguilar. Um, right now, Scotty, right now, you, uh, what I'm seeing is you have Aguilar in PPR formats as wideout 39. Okay, and the way I look at it, you tell me if I'm wrong here, Scotty, is I think about, you know, your standard is kind of like a 12-team league, right? And your standard is kind of like having three wide receivers. So 12 times three is 36. So to me, you have Nelson Aguilar just at number 39, just outside of being in wide receiver three territory. If Alshon were to miss time, does that get Aguilar into more of a wide receiver three territory for you? Yeah, I would think so. I think he sees a little bit of a bump, but it's kind of dicey because if he becomes the number one wide receiver in that offense, he's going to face more defensive attention, whether it's rolling right. a safety in zone or right. facing a top cover corner, and that's yeah. going to open up opportunities for a guy like Hollins. Yeah, that's possible. All of a sudden, Jackrabbit Jenkins or Josh Norman in this division have their eyes on you as opposed to having their eyes on Alshon Jeffrey. So, you know, it's, a, you know, it's always a glass half empty, glass half full kind of thing. Um, so we'll keep an eye out, though, on 
Alshon Jeffrey. It's good to note, though, that inside injuries stays on top of it. Our guy, Dr. A, and the crew, you can't predict injuries, but inside injuries is the best thing to it. Take it from my man, Jeff the Skeleton, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I got another couple pieces of news here, Scotty. This is kind of more like, you know, these other ones were actual uh, injuries or actual signings. I got a couple of just like, you know, coach speaking buzz here in preseason camp. So the question I'm going to ask you about these is just straight up like, do you believe it or not, right? So down there in Tampa Bay, Dirk Cutter says that, listen, Peyton Barber is the starting running back for this team. Everyone talks about Ronald Jones, but Ronald Jones didn't do much in the first preseason game. I think he dropped a target, you know, whereas Peyton Barber was running with the ones and getting all those first team reps. We're starting to hear in other situations, most notably quarterbacks, that some of these rookies are getting more and more reps with the first team. We are not hearing that in Tampa Bay as it relates to the running back position. Dirk Cutter saying Peyton Barber is the RB1. A lot of people are drafting, you know, Ronald Jones well ahead of Peyton Barber. Do you believe Dirk Cutter or not, Scott? Well, you know, we've already seen the pass protection issues that Ronald Jones is, you know, uh, have, have been dealt with so far. Uh, right. You know, I, th- I think, you know, when you, Peyton Barber, when you say start, I think you can't put too much. How much do you invest in the word start? That doesn't mean he's going to get 22 carries a game. I think it's going to be a timeshare. Start is going to mean, you know, he's on the field for the start of the game. Uh, you know, they want to have him de- there in a lot of key passing situations. But Ronald Jones is going to have a role, and it's got to expand okay. during the season because I think he's just the more talented back. So I kind of look at this like the Seattle situation in differently, a little different lens, though, that, you know, you're looking at a very talented rookie running back with a lot of upside that's going to be going to be in a timeshare, I think. I think Ronald Jones probably starts the season in a timeshare with Peyton Barber. Fair enough. I'm looking at your rankings, Scotty. You have Ronald Jones right now as RB17. So in that RB2 yeah, conversation. That's going to drop, drop when I adjust my ranks okay. uh, middle of this week. Fair enough. Would you, you're going to drop Jones. Does that mean, would you also boost Barber? You have him right now as running back 55, which is kind of, you know, completely off the radar for fantasy. You have him behind guys like Ty Montgomery, behind guys like Latavius Murray, behind Kenneth Dixon, Doug Martin, Chris Ivory, guys that we think are definitive backups. Um, would you boost up Peyton Barber as well? Yeah, obviously. Okay. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. It just—it's uh, like the scales, right? If like if you look at a scale, when one goes down, the other kind of goes up. So it looks like you're going to crunch them a little bit closer together in your rankings and for Tampa Bay running back, right? Yeah, that's fair. You're getting ready for real GM uh, genius here, as you you know you're teaching here, you know, with scales and stuff like that. That's what I try to do. I help people yeah. win their leagues and win that cash. You know what I say also, Scotty? We're not here trying to give someone a fish because, you know, you give someone a fish, you feed them for one day, right? We're trying to teach them how to fish here on Roto Experts in the morning so that they understand how to read the tea leaves like you do, like some of the other experts, so they can go ahead and win their leagues and win that cash. I'm, you know... Scotty, I'm drawing. I'm growing more and more intrigued with this Baltimore passing game. Everybody's saying Joe Flacco looks good, that he has a sense of urgency, that he took his wide receivers, you know, for a passing camp. You know, remember, he has his th- 
I guess even more than that. I was going to say his three wide receivers, but it's even more than that because they drafted not one but two rookie tight ends. But when you look at his top three wide receivers, they are all new. Michael Crabtree, new from Oakland. Willie Sneed, new from New Orleans. And then this guy, John Brown, who I think a lot of people need to have their eye on. And Joe Flacco is saying that um, he's finding that his deep ball is much better, but mostly because he's got John Brown running under it. Do you believe in the chemistry of John Brown? I've been trying to – I've been – you know, my my assumption has been staying away from these Baltimore wide receivers in general, Scotty, mostly because I just have never believed that the Ravens' offense is explosive. I always see this as a running and defensive kind of team. I haven't seen, you know, a big-time wide receiver on this team since Steve Smith, and before that, I can't even tell you. You know, they've swung and missed with a lot of people recently. Do you think, though, that this Baltimore offense might look a little bit different with Joe Flacco throwing the ball? Do these wide receivers, and especially John Brown, are they on your radar? Uh, they're on my radar, but I'm not doing this John Brown thing. You know, constantly okay. did it in Arizona. Uh, always had trouble staying healthy, and even when he was healthy, he was very, very inconsistent. So, uh, look, Ozzie Newsom went out, you know, and knew it was Got the weapons. final season and, you know, wanted to put together a better surrounding cast on – for Joe Flacco here, and you know he he got he got it with Crabtree and with Sneed, you know, et cetera. And now John Brown, and you know, also you know, getting two tight ends in the draft, uh, bolstering the offensive line. So I think mm-hmm. the Ravens' offense can be improved. But I'm not doing this John Brown thing. Did it too many times in Arizona and was burned. Fair enough. You think, uh, Scotty? You think Ozzie Newsom was getting weapons for Joe Flacco, or? Was he getting weapons so that eventually when Lamar comes in, if it's this year or next year, that he has some options as well? I think it's both. Yeah, I would say so. Um, last piece improve I wanna... the offense regardless. Yeah, absolutely. The last piece I want to report, and I don't want to get into the, you know, the TMZ or the police reports of it all, but I do think, Scott, it's important to note that a formal step was taken here as it relates to LaShawn McCoy. Uh, LaShawn McCoy's former girlfriend did, in fact, file charges, okay? So, you know, like, that's something real that has happened, okay? Do, I mean, to me... There's not going to be any kind of response from the NFL or anything like that right away. But I guess my question for you is this, Scott. Like, what is your level of concern that there is going to be a cloud that hangs over this all season? Remember Zeke Elliott last year when we didn't know what it was going to be and when it was going to come down? This idea that there were formal charges filed by uh, his ex-girlfriend and in connection with, you know, that kind of home break-in that at this point happened about a month ago, I would say. Scotty. Uh, does this open the door that maybe there could be this cloud hanging over McCoy and that, like, who knows, something can come down, you know, week seven, week 11, that can impact your fantasy playoffs? Like, with suspended players, we at least know when they're coming back. This causes me a little concern because who knows when the hammer could potentially drop on Shady. Um, does this increase your level of concern for his stability throughout the season? I don't think it increased my level of concern. Okay. I think it's the same as – as it always was, and hmm. you just never know with the NFL about when the hammer is going to come down and for how many games it's going to be. Everybody tries to guess like they did last year with Ezekiel Elliott, and 
you know, you can't play the guessing game because only only behind closed doors, you know, on Park Avenue, do those guys right. know what's going to happen. So, you know, that's why McCoy's going in the fourth round of a lot of leagues. Yeah, and we've talked about this a lot. It really comes down to how risk averse are you as a fantasy owner? Because in the fourth round, Scott, you know, if if you tell me that Lashawn McCoy plays sixteen games this year and I can get him in the fourth round, that is an incredible value. We're talking about a fringe RB one here, but there is is the chance that all of a sudden he's going to be gone for the rest of the season and then that does not represent value for you. Scotty, last thing I want to mention to you. Uh, you know, we could have talked we didn't talk about it yesterday, but uh the Jets and the Washington football team, they're having those joint practices cuz they're going to play each other in preseason uh later on this week for their second preseason game. You know, they have a fight, you know. Um we talked about the joint practices before with the Rams and the Ravens. Why does it seem like they always, you know, why does it seem like they always beefing with each other is it just the fact that you've been hitting your own teammates for so long and now you get a chance to hit someone else or is it the fact that what i heard a lot of these team uh a lot of these joint practices you still have the ones versus the twos right so if you're a defensive player on you know let's say the jets and you're like trying to make the roster trying to make a starting lineup and you're going up against the starters of another team and you know you kind of pop one or you're going 100 percent and then obviously the other team is going to start to defend their starter or their prize big boy. And is that how some of these fights start? What do you think about this, Scotty? I think there's nothing to see here. It happens all the time. All right. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. So no big deal here. They will, however, get it on for real in their second preseason game, uh, which takes place this week. I know you and George Kurtz, who will be in for me for the rest of the week, will be breaking down all of those matchups, what to look for, and then ultimately what happened and, unfortunately, who got hurt uh, throughout this week. Scotty, another thing we're doing today, we are building a poll question. Okay. We've been talking about our team name contest so far. So we know which ones we like. We're going to ask people, our guy, the manimal Chris Bavonas putting up a poll question. I think what we have as as far as the first half are kind of big time nominees. What we have is Jimmy G Spot. We have Carry On My Wayward Son. I don't know if Carry On My Wayward Son is going to fit, but I know uh, our guy Chris Pavone is going to make it fit. We got for Netflix and Chill, and we have Osaquan UC. Uh, Scotty, let's try and you know, predict this. Who do you think the fans are going to like the best? Uh, maybe Osaquan UC. You think so? You think because of the national yeah. anthem tie-in? That's yeah. interesting. I think our fans are going to like Jimmy G-Spot because, you know, they like that kind of uh, sex humor, you know, and obviously Jimmy Garoppolo had that, you know, the date with the uh, adult film star. And I think uh, for Netflix and Chill also has some kind of, uh, you know, uh, flirtatious connotations when you know about for Netflix and Chill. So I think those are going to be in there. We will see. I know the manimal is putting up that poll question right now. But, Scotty, when we come back, here's what's going to happen, okay? And about we're going to go, you know, pay some bills, take a Take a break. When we come back, I'm really excited about this, Scotty. This is something that is innovative, different, and I really am looking forward to talking to these guys. We're going to have Rahman uh, Mohajer. They are from – and uh, his colleague – uh, Moses, they represent HowIDecide.org. What they have done, check this out, Scotty, is they have created scholarships for kids uh, around fantasy football, okay? It sounded crazy to me when I thought about it, but then when I read a little bit more about some of the some of the social-emotional skills that can be developed in this game and how a lot of people are contributing to it, I think it's really, really cool. They won the FSTA Rookie of the Year last year. Um, so we're going to talk to Ram and Moses and the guys at HowIDecide.org about this GM scholarship. I'm looking forward to it. What do you think, Scotty? I like it. 
Yeah, absolutely. All right, so check it out if you want to learn more about this and how maybe some of your kids can get a scholarship from fantasy football. Come on right back and check it out. It's Dane and Scott, Roto Experts in the morning. We're off and running with the fun and functional sports. Like a great pass rusher, the Roto Experts will help you sack your fantasy football competition. When you register for their exclusive Edge Fantasy Package, you get a cheat sheet generator plus a player database with sortable projections and rankings from the best in the business. And you can join the fantasy conversation in the 24-7 Slack chat channel. Visit rotoexperts.com to register for the exclusive Edge Fantasy Package and enter the promo code FNTSY and you get a 10% discount. That's the rotoexperts.com exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package promo code FNTSY. Welcome back here, Roto Experts in the Morning on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network, the spitting statistician and the king, FSWA Hall of Famer, Scott Angle in the building, where we put the fun in functional sports content. Remember, we got that poll question up right now, uh, wondering what your favorite entry so far is to our fantasy team name contest. We were talking about all the injuries. We're going to be talking about Scott's NFC players to watch a little bit later on. But as I mentioned before the break, we are excited to have our guests on right now. We have Ramin Mohajer. We have Moses Joy. They're from the HowIDecide.org kind of a foundation. And one of the things they've done here is this idea of uh, the GM genius, okay, which if you could believe it is a scholarship for kids based on playing fantasy football and the decision-making that comes around it. So you know we had to have him on the show and spend a couple of minutes with the guys from How I Decide. Ramin and Moses, welcome to Roto Experts in the Morning. How you doing bright and early in the morning, guys? Great. Thanks so much for having us. Absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. So, first of all, talk to me about this, okay? Because I'm, you know, I'm in education myself as well. I was a former school leader, kind of worked for nonprofits left and right here in New York. So, when I hear uh, when you talk about the decision making skills and some of these social, uh, social emotional skills, these 21st century skills, as it were, for kids and the ability to do this through fantasy football and even get kids a scholarship. When I saw this, I was like, oh, this is amazing! Fantasy football being used for good. So. Why don't you guys tell us a little bit more of the premise of this scholarship? How's it working out? It's kids like 13 to 21. Tell us about it. Sure. Yeah. Well, thanks so much. Uh, so it's called GM Genius. It's a program that's run by our nonprofit, How I Decide Foundation. And uh, basically it's a scholarship competition and learning app that's all based on fantasy football. So kids sign up. They, they each week watch a brief educational video. They answer some questions based on the video. And then they set their lineup. We've got, like, our own version of fantasy football that they set their lineup in. And the top scores each week win Amazon gift cards. And the top scores at the end of the season win scholarships. And so we gave out around 25000 in, in different scholarships. Moses uh, was one of the scholarship winners. And uh, it's been a really exciting way to, to use something that kids love to teach them some really important skills. Now, your scoring setup in your, your roster universe is a little bit different, and that kind of makes it really good for the entry-level player. You know, explain, you know, how, how it's different. Like, you, it seems like you have a limited player pool to pick from so people don't get overwhelmed when they join this game. But, you know, maybe Moses had more experience than most because he was able to win this whole thing. 
Yeah, I can talk about the, the player pool a little bit, and then I'll, I can hand it over to Moses. But uh, it, what you said is exactly right. We, we have it limited to the top players at the skill position. So 10 quarterbacks, uh, 10 tight ends, and 20 wide receivers, 20 running backs. And you've got to pick one quarterback and one tight end, three running backs, three wide receivers. And the, reason we, the main reason we did that is that we wanted to make it accessible for, for kids who'd never played before, really try and expose as many kids as possible to the program. And then what's cool, the, the, the sort of twist on it is that not only do you get to pick those players, um, but then you pick the, the range that you think they're going to score in. So, uh, you know, if you've got Julio Jones, you say he's going to get between 10 and 14 points. Let's say he ends up with 12 points. You'll get those 12 points, but then you'll also get bonus points because he uh. scored in the range you guessed. And the wider the range you set, the fewer bonus points and the narrower the more. So we teach kids about sort of risk-reward analysis and, and how the range of outcomes can be with any given player. That's awesome. That's awesome. We're talking with Ramin Mohajer from the How I Decide Foundation and Moses uh, Moses Joy, who is one of the uh, kind of winners and recipients last year. Moses, talk to me. Help us out here, okay, on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We're helping people win their leagues and win that cash. When How did, you know, Ramin mentions kind of your, it comes down to how risk averse you are, right? How narrow you want to set the range, how wide you want to set the range. Were you conservative or were you aggressive? What were some of your rules of thumb of picking players and setting these ranges? Because obviously it worked out for you, Moses. So take us into your decision making, into your thinking, which apparently was uh, improved because of this experience. Talk to me, Moses. Well, yeah, it's um, exactly like Ramin said. Um, when you, uh, like, if a rookie came in, it, having this kind of system, it helps them out. Uh, me, I've done previously a couple of fantasy football leagues with my friends before, but if this if it was for somebody coming in as, like, a rookie, it would help them out. Um, personally, me, I, I tried to tend to be more conservative. Uh, I would look at previous uh, games, previous scores, uh, their scores from uh, last season, and uh, pretty much put all their stats together. I wouldn't put a too big of a range uh, for like the scores, but mm-hmm. looking at the previous uh, all the previous stats, I'd put it. Uh, I te- like for like Todd Gurley on a good week, he uh, he would get like twenty points in some uh, leagues. So right. uh, uh, knowing that, like I wouldn't uh, put like from like twelve points to like twenty. Five points. Uh, I, I knew he would be somewhere in that range, so I would have like 17 to 21. And nice. uh, eventually that ended up having a good impact on how I played this uh, in the week. Moses, uh, you know, what are you going to do with that scholarship money? You know, have you decided, uh, you know, what you, you know, what a uh, university you might use it for? What are you going to major in? And you know, does this victory give you more confidence to play uh, in, in on more competitive fantasy football leagues? Are are we going to see you play in high stakes fantasy football, say in the NFFC or something like that? Um. So uh, I did choose what college I'm going to. I'm going to Drexel University uh, right here in Philadelphia. Uh, Congrats. And Thank you. And uh, I'm majoring in mechanical engineering. And uh, I think so. Like you said, I probably will start to try to do more like, high-risk uh, fantasy leagues. Uh, our school year hasn't started yet, but I already set up another uh, fantasy <laughs> football league amongst uh, some of the people in, uh, in, our, in my uh, incoming class. So, yeah, I, I guess, like you said, I would try to go into some more high-risk uh, football leagues. 
Fancy Football Leagues. Hey, Ramin, uh, let me ask you something. We're talking with Ramin Mohajer here from the How I Decide Foundation. Started up this GM Genius competition. Moses Joy with us as well, one of the winners from last year. Ramin, talk to us just about the growth of this. I mean, you, you know, you guys won the FSTA Rookie of the Year Award last year. I know there was about, you know, maybe a thousand uh, kind of participants last year. Um, talk to me about what you're seeing in terms of the support from the fantasy industry, the growth of this, uh, the growth of this idea in year two. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I'll start with the support from the fantasy industry. It's, it's been tremendous. Um, you know, we, we, we were new to the industry, obviously hadn't, hadn't done anything in the area of fantasy before went to those uh, FSTA conferences and, you know, right off the bat, people were super receptive, really loved the idea of, of using fantasy for good and, and looking at how much potential it has, you know, outside of the traditional avenues. So, uh, you know, we've got a bunch of sponsors from the from the fantasy community, a bunch of people that uh, have helped us with, with news stories and, and press and, you know, radio, radio shows like, like you guys. And, uh, you know, overall really have been so impressed at how excited people are to help out. And then in terms of growth, um, you know, we're, we're really, we think we're poised for, for big growth this year. We've already had, you know, way more signups at this point, uh, uh, you know, at this point this year than, than last year. We're looking to get, you know, many more kids, hopefully, you know, between five and 10,000 kids participating this year. So, you know, 5X to 10X of what we had last year. Uh, we're adding college students this year. So last year you had to be 13 to 19 to play, and, and this year you can be all the way up to 22. So um, from what we saw in our data, a lot of kids in college really wanted to play, and Obviously, they can use the scholarships better, better than anybody. So, and you know, the money for books and all of that. So, uh, we were really excited to add college kids, and uh, you know, um, we're, we expanded our marketing budget, and, and really are, you know, think we can we can get a lot more kids playing from all across the country. Now, uh, playing the game isn't the only element of, of your product. Also, the kids get to the, the, the you know the uh, I shouldn't say kids. I said you know the participants. Uh, you know, because it's not all kids. It's, uh, you know, obviously some young adults, young men, etc. But, you know, they get to watch animated videos and also learn from those. And those, you know, from what they learn in the videos, that can translate into bonus points, you know, in the game itself. Exactly, yeah. So each week there's like a, you know, between three and four minute video that focuses on a different concept um, related to exactly what you guys were talking about. Critical thinking skills, decision-making skills, 21st century skills, uh, and it's all, it's all illustrated in the context of fantasy football. So, you know, maybe it's about confirmation bias and, and how, you know, obviously that applies in all parts of life, whether it's, you know, the way you read the news and politics and all that. But we explain about how, you know, maybe you've already made up your mind about which QB you want to start. But then, you know, you always look, you pick and choose the, the pieces of data that you want to you wanna pick to support your point, but often you discredit the data that doesn't, you know, support your point. And so, you know, we illustrate an idea through fantasy football, and then they get four multiple-choice questions that they answer. And for each correct answer, they get five points that gets added to their score. So kids really have, you know, an incentive to absorb the material and think about it. And one thing we're adding this year is at the end of the competition, there's going to be an optional essay competition. So kids who really want to take it to the next level in terms of really applying their knowledge – um, can write essays about how, you know, what they've learned in the program has been helpful in their lives. And, you know, the, the winners of those essay competitions, we've got, you know, we've got gift cards and scholarships for them as well. Hey, Ramin, have you gotten any pushback from people? 
you know, at all about these ideas of kids as young as, say, 13 and 14. Have you gotten any pushback saying, like, oh, I don't know, you're teaching kids how to gamble or stuff like that? Because to be quite honest, even if it was just straight gambling, you know, I still think there are the life lessons there, the money management, the risk, the risk taking, that sort of thing. I've always said that I'm going to take my five-year-old kids or cousins, you know, to the, to the racetrack and teach them a thing or two. But have you gotten right. any pushback on this concept with, you know, early teenagers kind of where you're, you know, teaching them the do's and don'ts and the ropes of, uh, you know, kind of gambling? Have you gotten any pushback from this concept? Yeah, no, it's a good, it's a good question. Um, you know, so, you know, obviously, technically, you know, we're not, a, we're not a, a gambling app in any way. We don't take any money from the kids. It's sure. 100% free to participate. And, uh, and it's just that they can win these scholarships and prizes. Um, I, I would say maybe a, a, a tiny bit of pushback from, from, you know, some schools and, and, mm. uh, and teachers who, who maybe just didn't understand it fully. And I think some people just see fantasy football and, and see prizes and just automatically are like, ah, I don't know, I don't know what this is all about or – you know, I've heard that fantasy football involves gambling or whatever, but right. but often whenever we actually you know sit down and explain it to people that it's a really cool way for kids to learn, you know, a great deal and also to to win scholarships that can really help them out with their education. You know, we we often end up you know the you know selling people and and not really having those issues anymore. Make them into a, a believer. A really good question. Yeah, yeah it's, exactly. It's, it's, yeah. it's really all about the education. You know, you know, we've dealt with that. Uh, you know, the fantasy industry, uh, you know, with daily fantasy and trying to educate people across the country. And you talk about the decision-making skills uh, you know, and how important that is because, you know, I meet so many college kids when we're hiring interns and stuff like that. Or even just remembering when I was in college and people say, hey, you know, what do you want to do with your life? What made you want to pick? And you, you get some kids who just say, I don't know, you know, and right. where, where they want to go with their life. How not only does it improve the decision-making skills uh, like I just talked about, but sometimes you might find somebody that might want to go into fantasy sports as a career. So how does it improve anybody's decision-making skills? And could you see it maybe pointing to a career path for some people? Absolutely, yeah. So, so you know, each video talks not only about how to use these ideas in fantasy, but, but how to use it in, in, in your own lives. And, and the last video actually takes every single concept that we taught and shows you how it applies in, you know, the world of finance and weather forecasting. And, you know, all of these ideas are, are tied in. And, and what you said is exactly right. Like, we, we, the, the whole basis of our nonprofit is that, you know, it's, it's important that you learn content in school. But in, in the end, what ends up often being the most useful for you um, in your career, in your personal relationships, and with money management and all that, is, is how you can think critically and, and how you can make decisions. And uh, we don't think schools focus on that quite as much as as uh as they could and so um we feel that you know every kid should learn about these decision-making concepts the same way they learn about you know chemistry and science and, and math and all of that and and as for fantasy crews i think that's absolutely possible uh, you know we we kids are already so excited about fantasy football and then when they can see how it can have implications you know that are bigger than just the fun that they're getting out of it I think it really opens the idea of, hey, you know, maybe this is maybe this is more than just something I can do with my friends. And, and as we know, it's a booming industry with a lot of roles you can play in it. 
We're talking with Ramin Mohajer from the How I Decide Foundation and Moses Joy, one of the early recipients and winners of the GM Genius Competition. All right, you just talk about how everybody's excited for fantasy football. There are no two people that are more excited for fantasy football than your boy Dane Martinez, the spitting statistician, and the king, Scott Angle. So Moses, let's put your foot to the fire here. You're a budding expert in this industry. We got a lot of storylines here in the preseason that we want to talk about and get your insight here as we help people win their leagues and win their cash here on Roto Experts in the morning. So Moses, I got to ask you, one of the biggest topics coming through here in the preseason are a lot of these rookie running backs, right? And how much opportunity, how much production are they going to get early on out the gate? We've been talking a lot. I mean, okay, Saquon Barkley, we understand in New York, he'll be the lion's share there in a first round pick. But we got situations, Moses, like in Seattle with Rashad Penny and and Chris Carson. We got situations like in Denver with Royce Freeman and Devontae Booker. We got situations in Tampa with Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber. We have situations in Cleveland with Nick Chubb and Carlos Hyde. Let me know here, Moses, which of these rookie running backs that are not named Saquon Barkley do you think has the best chance of really being a stud for you this year in fantasy because they're going to kind of overtake the incumbent, Moses? Which rookie running back do you like not named Saquon Barkley? Well, if I was going to choose a running back, I would say it would have to be Chris Carson. I feel like everybody's uh, sleeping on him a little bit. They're not mm. realizing, his, realizing his full potential. While he was at Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, he was a beast. So uh, l- looking at all the other um, rookie running backs that are coming in to uh, the league this season, I don't know. I have a good feeling about Chris Carson and what he's going to do on the Seahawks. Scotty, I know you like to hear that. Well, you know, Carson in his second year now is probably going to hold off Penny, according according to Moses. And look, like I said, you know, under Pete Carroll, you know, nothing is earned, you know, not by your pedigree or anything like that. You know, Carson's having a good preseason. He flashed uh, a little bit last year before he got injured and could end up being a timeshare in Seattle. Ramin, uh, how experienced of a fantasy football player are you and whose idea was was GM Genius? So I'm I'm pretty experienced. I got to say I, I've been uh, in two leagues since back in 2005. So I guess I'm going on my like 13th year now. Uh, mm-hmm. One with my my law school friends, one with my my high school buddies. And uh, and uh, yeah, you know the the idea was formed by a few of us uh, on our on our staff and board at, at How I Decide. Basically, there were a few of us that played fantasy football and would always sort of joke around about, hey, you know, this stuff that we're teaching kids about, it, it really applies in fantasy football, and I, I think I'm getting better at fantasy because I'm not falling for all these cognitive biases and, and things like that. Right. And then one time we're, we're at a board meeting and we're talking about ways that we can engage kids directly um, and what can we do that could get kids really excited and, you know, you know, raised my hand and said, hey, why don't we think about, this? Why don't we think about fantasy football? And, uh, you know, the, the board gave me the green light to look into it more and worked with the team and, and really came up with... Uh, you know, what we think is a, a cool combination of, of education and, and fantasy sports. Absolutely. We're talking once again here with Ramin Mohajer and Moses Joy, who is one of the early uh, scholarship winners. My last last question for me, I go back to Moses, okay? I mean, this is a great story and all, but Moses, I'm looking for some insight here. I'm trying to win my own leagues, and it <laughs> seems like you know what's going on a little bit. Moses, do me a favor. Give me one guy. I like to – I don't know how much you listen to uh, the network, Moses, but, you know, some people call them sleepers and busts. I call them diamonds in the rough and the fantasy fugazis, the guys you need to forget about 
out, okay? So can you do me a favor, Moses, this year? Give me one guy who you think is going to be a diamond in the rough that's going later in drafts that you really like, and who's a guy that might be a fugazi, someone you need to forget about that might be going a little bit too high for you in drafts, Moses? Give me one of each. Oh, somebody that's going a little too high. I'm thinking it's going to be uh, Zeke from Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, mm. I think I think he might be a bust this year. Why is that? Uh, I don't know. I just love. I mean, he did really well. He did pretty well last year. You know, last when he was year, in, but, yeah. Yeah, when he was in, when he was not, uh, when he when he was out, but. Uh, I, I feel like this year, I don't know, I'm not getting a good feeling about him. It's just one of those gut feelings that you have. Okay. And who are you having a good feeling on? Um, this year? Yeah. That's actually a hard, hard question. Uh, that's all right, Moses. We'll let you think about it a little I think, bit more. I think he, said, right. he said Chris Carson. That's, his That's true. He does like yeah. Chris Carson. And, you know, we got to tell the fantasy executive, Scott, that he's a little bit down on Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, Scott, do you have one more for the guys? Uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, you know, how much how much uh, do you think this is going to expand going forward and how, how are people finding out about GM Genius? Yeah, you know, we think it's got a lot of room to expand and, and, and really, you know, our what we would love more than anything would be to partner with, you know, an existing fantasy platform that's got a, you know, a really big uh, presence right. and infrastructure. And, you know, we've, we've done some, some work with, with, uh, with some of those companies, but, but really what would take it to the next level for us would be uh, to, you know, to really partner with one of those groups and have the benefit of their marketing and their infrastructure. Cause we, we think it's an idea that when people find out about it, you know, it, for the most part, they're really excited. And, 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 and that goes to the second point is how are they finding out? So, Obviously, press like this is invaluable for us in, in getting in front of uh, students and, and, and their parents. And, and one thing I want to note is that anybody can play the, uh, the, the uh, competition. You just can't win the prizes unless you're between 13 and 22. So we have parents who play with their kids, and teachers hmm. who play with their students. And, you know, we have a college professor who's going to run it with his class this year. And we had the same thing last year. Uh, so press is huge for us. We do a lot of marketing on Facebook and Instagram and, and Snapchat. Uh, and then uh, we also have sent emails to college financial aid offices, got it up on scholarship sites, emailed uh, you know, professors that teach sports management courses and stuff like that. So it's a combination of those things. We've also got some you know, ads on YouTube videos. So trying our hardest to, to figure out where are the kids that, you know, that love fantasy football that are in our age range. All right, so let's get you out of here on this, Ramin. Thanks for spending a couple of minutes with us. But how? So, so tell us, where are the websites? What are the handles? How can we find you if we want to learn more about this, uh, about this initiative? Sure, absolutely. So gmgenius.com is uh, where you can go to sign up, to read you know, recent press, to, to find out all you need to know. Our social handles are, are linked from there, but it's, it's gm.genius on Facebook and Instagram. And on Twitter, it's at ffgm underscore genius. Um, and then if you want to learn more about the nonprofit, it's, it's howidecide.org. Well, thanks a lot, Ramin, for spending a couple, time, uh, a couple of minutes with us. And thanks, Moses, for giving us some insights. Good luck at, Drex good luck at Drexel when you get there. All right, man? Thanks so much. Thanks so much. Thanks so much, guys. Really appreciate the time. All right, there you have it. The guys from the How I Decide Foundation, the GM genius, Scott. I think this is an amazing idea using fantasy football for good, and it seems like Moses is certainly going to benefit from it, huh? 
Yeah, I think it is, you know, and it kind of reminds me when Big League Impact uh, first launched where you play uh, fantasy football char- for charity against Major League Baseball players. I think it's great for the industry when you have these nonprofits that come out and can make a difference in people's lives through fantasy sports. You know, I think that that's a wonderful thing. And, you know, to be recognized by the FSTA as best newcomer, I think it's significant because in some conversations I've had with the FSTA, you know, I like I like to see more of a light shine on things like Big League Impact and GM Genius because mm-hmm. it, it's really good for the uh, for the fantasy industry for us showing that you know we're not just out to, you know to uh, you know but to push DraftKings and FanDuel and things like that. You know, that fantasy sports can make a real difference in people's lives. And it can, you know, even when you just win your individual league, you know, it, it can make a difference in your life. You know, not only can you win money to maybe have just have a trip or have fun, but, you know, you could also help your family, too. Yeah, absolutely. I also want to remind people, you know, listen, there's no shortage of good works going on in the fantasy industry. I'm also reminded, Scotty, of our guy Drew Dinkmeyer, right, who won the Humanitarian Award. I know he, you know, hit a Millie Maker back in his day and has spun that around to open up kind of a foundation. He's helping people uh, for clean water in some places where that is not accessible. So there's a lot of places where we're doing things for good. I also want to remind them, Scott, DailyRoto.com is putting together, is putting more than 25,000 on on the line for its subscribers this NFL season, entering paid contests on FanDuel and bringing you along as a free roll. Have a chance to win big this year alongside SportsGrid CEO Jeremy Stein, who is one of the only men to have won two separate million-dollar prizes. Each week, we'll select lucky subscribers to sweat with us and split 50% of the profits. No profits that week? Don't worry about it. Your name will get tossed back into the hat the following weekend. Head to dailyrodo.com slash sweat and learn more how to get on in on the action and your share of $25,000. That's over at dailyrodo.com slash sweat. You know, Scotty, I mentioned Andrew Dinkmeyer, and he was the Humanitarian of the Year Award. Another example of people using fantasy for good. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's certainly a great example. And last year when Todd Gurley won so many leagues, for fantasy players, a lot of people hmm. came out and donated to his personal charity, you know, just to show the right. gratitude. Didn't also, do you remember in the last week of the season, weren't there like a bunch of uh, Bills fans donating to like Andy Dalton's charity because he beat them in the last week of the season on the last second play, something like that? Do you remember that one too? Yeah, that was, uh, that was very <laughs> creative. Yeah, that Bills was. Fans, Bills fans, you got to tip your, tip your cap to them for that. Bills Mafia, of course. Shout out to our guy Gabe Morency. Want to give a shout out and prayers to Gabe and his fam. Uh, obviously, Gabe's going through a little bit of a tough time as well. He's put it up on social media. Yeah, we talk about um, absolutely. We want to from Roto Experts send our thoughts and prayers to Gabe and his family as well. When we come back in hour number two, though, we get back. We're looking at some prop bets over on my bookie. We're looking at Scotty's NFC players to watch. And you talk about people donating to charity. I got a story about some fans in Denver donating to a completely different cause. We'll get into that in hour number two as well. We got the King Scott Angle, the spitting statistician Dane Martinez. We're off and running with the fun and functional sports radio. It's Roto Experts in the morning on the fan Sports Radio Network. Come on back for hour number two. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning. Roto Experts. To the end zone. It's 
the mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. It's point for a touchdown! You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts in the Morning on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Cockadoodle do it right here on Roto Experts in the morning. You got the spitting statistician Dane Martinez. You got Alfredo Fantasia, Scotty Angle, FSWA Hall of Famer. We were just talking to FSTA newcomers of the year, GM Genius. That was real cool. If you want to check out Ramin and Moses and a little bit more on the GM Jesus, uh, Genius, check out our first hour. When you can get it, always you can get these available for download as a podcast as well. And don't forget the number to call if you want to join the fun as we put the fun in functional sports content is 844-843-6879. Don't forget also to go out and grab the Roto Experts exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. Enter the promo code the King at checkout a little bit later on. We're going to be talking about some NFC players to watch as per the King, Scott Angle. Scotty, we got to talk about some of the big-time news and notes because we have a fresh hour here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And the biggest news yesterday, Saquon Barkley dealing with a mild strain. We said... In all likelihood, he's going to be fine physically, but this could be a lost opportunity in the preseason for things like blitz pickup and just reps with the ones and chemistry to build with them. Right, Scott? Yeah, what it also does is create some value as well. And, you know, I talk about this, you know, also on Seahawks.com, you know, where I talked about my 12 tips for fantasy success from Roto Experts is that. What a lot of people do is they tend to draft in the moment and they tend to pass on a guy because he's injured right now and it's not major and that creates value. So if you're drafting in the next few days and this weekend, you could see Saquon Barkley fall to the middle of the end of the first round and just because... He's injured now. People are going to pass on him. You know, you be smart, and you don't do that because you remember it's not going to matter in week two if his hamstring is fine, and you got to take that crack. If I'm sitting at, at number five, number six you know, in the first round, I'm not passing on Saquon Barkley because he's injured now. Too many fantasy players make that mistake. Yeah, I, I agree. I remember my own experience with this. You know, uh, I'm reminded of, I guess at this point, it was like four or five years ago, Le'Veon Bell, when he was coming out, he was coming back from a knee injury as well, certainly representing some value there. Scotty, let me ask you this, though. Um, when you talk about like kind of an injured person coming in and if they get bumped down, it represents value. Uh, what happens when you apply the same logic to Patriots running back Sony Michelle, who literally had a knee procedure. This is not something like, you know, the mild strain that we're hearing about with Barkley. Sony Michelle literally had a uh, knee procedure and is missing some of the preseason all the way up until week one. How do you apply the same logic to Sony Michelle up there in New England? Yeah, each injury is different. This might creep into the regular season with Michelle, plus the fact that you never know for sure with any running back in England. New England, just how much playing time they're going to get. So I can't blame people for bumping them down the board when, you know, it actually might creep into the regular season. But does it represent value also? Does now Michelle it represent could. some value in the it, same idea? Because later on in the season, he might be there. It could, but I think the bumping the 
the, the, the tumbling of the ADP is more justified than an instance than, say, Saquon Barkley or Doug Baldwin, who are both going to be ready for the opener. Fair enough. What about in Philadelphia? We talked about Alshon Jeffrey. It seems like there's getting some buzz that, uh, you know, his shoulder, uh, you know, kind of his return and rehab from shoulder surgery may be going a little bit slower than people had uh, anticipated. This is a guy who had an injury past, was clean last year. What do you think about Alshon Jeffrey? And, uh, you know, there's buzz that he might wind up the season on the start the season on the pup list. Yeah, there's also some reports that, you know, maybe he might miss the few first few games if he right. doesn't miss the pup list. So it creates opportunity, you know, for guys like Mac Hollins, uh, Dallas Goder to step forward to maybe play bigger roles in that offense because this team is not very deep at wide receiver, uh, you know, past their first two. And, you know, I'm not buying this Mike Wallace thing. Mike Wallace, ever since he left Miami, has pretty much, you know, just been non-existent. Fair enough. We did, however, talk last hour about how it may move, as you update your ranks, Scotty, it may move Nelson Aguilar into the wide receiver three conversation. Remember, you can get Scotty's ranks over on the Roto Experts exclusive edge, fantasy football package, enter the promo code THEKING at checkout. And then, Scotty, also the San Francisco 49ers yesterday, they signed Alfred Morris. You know, we think he could just be a camp body to build some depth, but he does have uh, familiarity with the Shanahan system from their times in Washington. Washington. What do you think this means for Alf Morris? And what do you think this means for Breida and McKinnon, the banged up running backs in San Francisco? You know, I'm going to be interested to see what Inside Injury says about this later this week. Uh, you, you know, when I check out their website, because we don't know the extent of the injury with Jarek McKinnon, although uh, most published reports indicate it's not serious. I'm going to be mm-hmm. very interested to look at that player card. You know, if you go to rotoexperts.com and our exclusive edge fantasy football package, enter the king at checkout for a special discount. We have these comprehensive player cards uh, that have inside injuries information and will tell you exactly you know, what the, uh, you know, what the numerical grades injury-wise is on these guys. And I want to look this up with McKinnon. But there's also a concern about Breida because Breida is going to miss most of the preseason here. And, you know, that's something that you have to be concerned about now that, uh, you know, they bring in Mars because they need the depth. And Jarek McKinnon's not a guy here either that uh, – that, that we can expect to have him take a significant workload. Alfred Mars, for all we know, can push his way up to the depth chart and maybe steal goal line carries. You know, it's possible. Yeah, it is possible. We'll keep our eye on the running back situation in San Francisco for sure. And then, Scotty, listen, anybody who's been listening to Roto Experts in the morning over the last couple of weeks knows that we are doing a contest for uh, the best team names, right? A lot of people come out with funny team names. A lot of them are puns on players on their roster. We've been opened up for submissions, whether it be on the phone lines at 844-843-6879, whether it be over social media on Twitter. You can always follow me at Spitting Speeds. You can always get the king at Scotty Roto X. Hit us up at Roto Experts as well. We've been getting submissions, Scotty, for a while. I, there's over 50 or 60 that we have so far. A lot of people enjoying our contest. We're even getting some pub from other places. I know the um, you know other people in the kind of industry are starting to tag us with their best team names. So I find it fun. Um, and we decided that today's poll question was going to kind of represent halftime of our contest because uh, I'm going to be out for 
for the rest of this week. Big ups to George Kurtz, who will be filling in for me here for the rest of the week here on Roto Experts in the morning. Uh, he'll be talking to you about everything from, you know, closers to uh, these rookie running backs. But we have up four nominees who got a lot of bit of buzz when we were doing the submissions. And the fans are talking right now, Scotty. I don't know if you've seen the polls, but it is, in fact, playing out the way I expected. We have Jimmy G Spot, Carry On My Wayward Son, for Netflix and Chill, and Oh Saquon UC right now. It is very, very close. Uh, we got two that are kind of in the lead at 35% Jimmy G spot at 33% for Netflix and chill. Uh, those are the two I kind of anticipated. 25% are with your number one pick, Carry On My Wayward Son, and 7% with Osaquan UC. What do you think about the poll so far, Scotty? Uh, yeah, pretty much I saw it going to go, but I think, you know, because I'm the king, that certain things have to be weighted heavier. So uh, I'm going to be pushing for carry on with my wayward son to go deep in, into this contest. Okay, so what you need to do then is, you know, you need to rally your base, Scott. You need to rally your base. Uh, you know, you've got over 30,000 followers. You need to get these people to get out and vote. You need to lobby for them a little bit more, it looks like, for them to surpass for Netflix and chill and or Jimmy G spot. Hey, Scotty, let me ask you, let me ask you something. What, I'm, go saying, what I'm saying is I get, I get a particular vote, you know, and uh, – I think you and I should have like a singular vote about what gets pushed into the next round. Yeah, I mean, we're going to do the final, you know, as we head into the holiday yeah. weekend. And so I, I, I'm cool with that, Scott. I think you and I yeah. should reserve the right to be able to make one unilateral move. You know what I mean? Yep. And you should be That's able to insert one. Yep. And uh, yeah. But, you know, you could be the king. I think the spitting statistician gets that right as well. Oh, yeah. That's what All I'm right. saying. Fair enough. Fair enough. As long as it's even. Let me ask you something here, Scotty. Um, I, I haven't talked to you about this before. You know, I'm excited to tonight watch the next edition of Hard Knocks, you know, with the Cleveland Browns. And, you know, they have new offensive coordinator Todd Haley over there, okay? And, and, and you know, it was talked about a little bit on Hard Knocks. But I went back and I saw a little bit again of Ty, uh, Tyrod Taylor and Baker Mayfield in that first game against the, uh, against the Giants. And you got to understand that there's reports that maybe they game plan for the Giants and the Giants didn't game plan for them, stuff like that. But... One thing that I saw both Tyrod Taylor do and uh, Baker Mayfield do, and I want to get your take on this. I think they are both practicing and executing what is becoming maybe the hardest thing to defend in all of football. I saw Tyrod Taylor do it on like the third play with Jarvis Landry. I saw both quarterbacks do it with Higgins a number of times. And what I'm talking about is this route where the outside wide receivers, Scotty, are kind of pulling like they're going on a deep nine route, and then it just kind of comes to this back shoulder. And it's not the back shoulder fade throw, you know what I mean? But it's literally running down the sideline and the quarterback and receiver know the timing and they just kind of turn around to the sidelines and boom, it's there. That seems to be a throw that is you know, almost impossible to defend if the quarterback and the wide receiver have that chemistry. And you know, this seems to be something that Deshaun Kaiser really couldn't nail as a rookie last year. But now that they have professional quarterback play at a T-Mobile and a new OC in uh, Todd Haley, I'm seeing some of those elements like we saw in Pittsburgh with Big 
Big Ben and Antonio Brown. Um, when we talk about kind of chemistry building with a new wide receiver quarterback combination, we talk about a new changes that a new scheme or an offensive coordinator brings in. I, I, I saw that a number of times in the first Browns preseason game. Do you think that this is something specifically that we could see added to the Browns offense because Tyrod Taylor like is a professional quarterback and knows how to do this? Do you buy the idea of this back shoulder throw uh, to the outside and kind of being an addition to offenses in general, but maybe specifically to help out Cleveland because they're new pieces in Todd Haley this year? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it points to Haley. It's a it's a staple mm-hmm. of his offense. If anybody right. you know looks, watches the Steelers over the year, we talk about teams like the Forty ers the Bears, and the Rams last year about how mm-hmm. they have all new pieces, and how you just can't predict. Some teams might take a while to gel, and other teams pick it up quickly. Like the Rams picked it up quickly last year. The Bears in the preseason, Mitch Trubisky's having his ups and downs. We don't know what to expect from the 49ers yet. Garoppolo's looking good, but the rest of the offense is getting littered with injuries. But I think it was clear, at least from the first preseason game, unless they come out and they sputter in the second one, that this team is, uh, you know, that they, they have the, the chemistry pretty much already. When you saw a 36-yard throw on the first drive from Tyrod Taylor to Jarvis Landry, it's better mm-hmm. quarterbacking, it's better coaching, it's more talent. Jarvis Landry was pigeonholed, I think, unfairly as a possession re- receiver right. uh, as you know, in, with the Miami Dolphins because uh, I just think Ryan Tannehill's just not that good of a quarterback. Tyrod Taylor might even be better than he is, in my estimation, as an NFL quarterback. Quarterback, and I think you're mm-hmm. seeing that. I think, I think, I think you're seeing that Landry. I think is going to be may, has the potential to be, become even more of a complete receiver than he was in Miami, especially during the Tannehill days. There was no Tannehill last year. All of a sudden, Jarvis Landry went from four touchdowns to nine. Right, right, right. So it sounds like, Scott, you're saying you would even be comfortable with Jarvis Landry in standard scoring, right? Because he's not going to be just this kind of underneath guy anymore. It looks like his role may potentially grow out there in Cleveland. Are you cool with Jarvis Landry as your wide receiver, too, even in standard scoring, Scotty? I think I'm more comfortable, obviously, in PPR because it's been proven. But Mm -hmm. I think, you know, as a wide receiver three, I think – I think I absolutely love him in standard. I think he's a borderline wide receiver, too. I think he's too underrated as a wide receiver, too, in a lot of, in a lot of, uh, a lot of rankings, ADPs, et cetera. I have him as my number 17 overall wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. were teammates in college. At and, LSU, you know, yeah. Both of them are, are so, so talented. I think that we may have not even seen the best of Jarvis Landry fantasy-wise. Interesting and interesting also that Jarvis Landry has already gotten his money, whereas old Al Beckham and the Giants are still talking about that. All right, Scotty. You, uh, said, talk- you, you said you watched Hard Knocks, right? I did. And, yeah. and I was reading it's on Tuesday, very so it's just the first episode, in, though. In Sports Illustrated's Monday Morning Quarterback, I don't have HBO. But they were talking about there was a scene where Jarvis Landry was firing up the whole receiver room. Lit into them, Scotty. And he said that is something that he just didn't do in Miami. 
Yes, uh, that is yeah. definitely true. That is definitely true. They did a, a lot of this was about Jarvis Landry. Okay, uh, the first episode at least. You know what they do, mm. Scotty, on Hard Knocks is you know they pick a couple of storylines, right? You know, and then right. they kind of go into it. And and and, Lar- and Landry's move from Miami and him kind of being part of this uh, revitalization of skill position players in Cleveland was definitely a storyline. Okay, but then also Jarvis Landry was just amazing in practice, and you know this, Scott. The skill set that he has, you know, making one-handed catches, you know, really uh, really impressing in practice, and you see everyone from coaches to other players sort of, you know, impressed. You know, you, ha- you saw other, like, uh, veteran Cleveland Browns that were on the defensive side of the ball being like, ooh, we got us a playmaker now, that sort of stuff, right? But then, the other thing that you're talking about, Scott, yes, last week on Hard Knocks, what we also saw was this kind of culture of the Browns, like, you know, as unprofessional, to be quite honest, and a lot of players that were maybe slightly banged up in practice but could go were uh, not practicing. And there was a thing even you saw inside the coach's meeting room where Hugh Jackson and the guy we were just talking about, Todd Haley, the OC, going back and forth about it. You know, and they were arguing about it, quite frankly, um, and the cameras caught it. Hugh Jackson was of the mindset that, no, we got to keep these guys healthy, that we can't have injuries to key players, so he wanted them to be held out of practice. Todd Haley felt the opposite. He's like, listen, we got to change around a losing culture here. We got to be hard on these guys. We got to get them out there, right? And so that was an interesting scene. But then you also had Jarvis Landry in kind of like the wide receiver meeting room, and he was like, listen, I got to say something. He gets up to the front of the room, and he starts, you know, he, he starts laying into them about how you got to be out there and practicing, that this ain't going to happen, that that's weak mindset, that that's weak behavior. And he gets into the, run, uh, the wide receiver room. To be quite honest, it's interesting. He's staring right at Antonio Callaway the entire time he's doing this, right? And he's then talking about how, listen, we're all banged up in the NFL. We're all hurt right now, but you decided to, you deciding to, you know, manage your yeast infection makes me, puts me at more risk of being hurt, puts everybody at more risk of being and hurt, put your fellow teammate at risk, right? Did and he say so he, yeast infection? No, he did not. That was the spitting statistician edition. <laughs> okay. But he did say some other words that I don't want to say right here on yeah. air, okay? Let's put it that way. So I put euphemisms in for them, shall we say. But he lights them up and he's like, I believe this is what we talk about, Scott, when we say like, oh, the veteran comes in and is a good locker room presence, you know? We've talked about it with people like Jordy Nelson um, out there in Oakland. But Jarvis Landry is having that effect and is speaking up as a leader and trying to show some of these young guys that are out there, you know, Corey Coleman was still there when they were taping this as well, um, and he was trying to show people, like, how you act as a professional and, 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 and what the grind of the NFL is, you know, so, yeah, and the other thing I would just say, Scotty, you know, Josh Gordon is not there. It is clear in practices, or at least from what we're seeing in Hard Knocks, that Tyrod Taylor is going to key in on Jarvis Landry. He is going to be his security blanket, his number one option, and I believe Jarvis Landry is in for a big year as well in, uh, in my flex draft. See, that, that's the whole thing, though. I, I want to take the label of security blanket off of Jarvis Landry. No, that's what I'm saying. He's yeah, doing he's, more. I think he's more he's down than, the field. than a security yeah. blanket. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you. And to be quite honest, over the weekend, I was in an expert draft league, uh, the Flex League, and I was in the non-PPR kind of division. Okay, so I was in standard. And I got to tell you, Scotty, um, I have Jarvis Landry as my wide receiver, too. I also have Chris Hogan at that level. I also have Jamison Crowder. Those are my two, three, and four. Okay, Landry, Hogan, and Thompson, uh, excuse me, and Crowder, those to augment my number one wide receiver. Uh, A little guy named Antonio Brown. 
Yeah, little, 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 pretty little guy. Yeah, yeah, and it was interesting, Scotty. I mean, interesting. You know, like this is non PPR. Okay, so I was I had the seven spot, and Antonio Brown was still there for me at number seven. I was going into it at seven, thinking I might get a running back like a Saquon Barkley, like an Alvin Kamara, like a Kareem Hunt. But when I'm saying, let me ask you that, Scotty, in, in standard scoring. I had the seven pick, and Antonio Brown was still staring there. I felt like I had to pull the trigger on him. What do you think? Oh, yeah. that's. You know, the, the, I think some people sometimes underrate Antonio Brown uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to, to, to non-PPR leagues. And, yeah. you know, the amount of yardage and touchdowns is just so consistent every right. year. Like, you know, you, you know you're going to go above a certain level statistically in the yardage, and you're always going to get double-figure touchdowns. It's a very safe pick. Yeah, so my four wide receivers kind of going. Yeah, that I'm kind of going to war with will be Antonio Brown, Jarvis Landry, Chris Hogan, and uh, Jamison Crowder as my four. I know you said before that you think Jamison Crowder is a solid like back end three, so I have him as my four. Um, you say the same thing about Landry, and then Hogan I have as well as my uh, wide receiver three. What do you think about that, Scotty? Yeah, I like that. I, I think I think Hogan might might end up being your wide receiver too early in the year. Fair enough, and if that means Jarvis Landry is my three, I will take it and bless him all day long. You know, I have or it to. Could uh, be, it could be. It could be reversed. You just you don't know who's going to bust yeah. out early. More of those two guys, but to have well, them both together, you know, one week one guy might as a go two off, and three, the yeah. other guy might supplement it. Like yeah. those guys are both on the borderline in a, in a non PPR league, but you know, I'd be very comfortable with them as two and three. Yeah, and to be quite honest, I like Jamison Crowder as well. This news of Darius Geis. I don't I know about even... him in a standard, though, as much as I do in a piece. So here's the thing. Here's the thing, Scotty. I, I believe, um, and feel free to disagree. That's okay. I believe that a lot of the stuff you're saying about Jarvis Landry and his growth and development into kind of more than just the kind of typecast of what people view him as, I believe Jamison Crowder is going to do some of that as well. Not to the extent of Jarvis Landry, but I think Crowder is going to grow as well in Washington this year. I think he's going to take a step forward. I do, but I like it more for PPR than I do for standard. I don't see Jamison Crowder. The the problem with him in a standard league is I don't – see him as a guy that's going to be used in the red zone. I don't, you know, he's, he's five, nine, one seventy seven. You know, he's not a guy that's going to be big for touchdowns. I like Jamison Crowder considerably less in a standard league, you know, caught seven, caught seven touchdowns last year, but you know, and through all just three last year, you're talking about an average of five where about a, with a guy that's a better deep thrower than Alex Smith. So that concerns me. Yeah, no, I, I, that's fine, but as I look right now in your standard ranks, you still have Jameson Crowder right now as number 29 in your standard ranks, Scotty. So that you have him as a wideout three, that means, and he is my wideout four on my flex league team. You have my guy Chris Hogan as 23. Of, you have Landry as 17. Depth, yeah. In terms of depth, I like it, but, you know, if he was, like, say, your wide receiver two. Uh, he's not. He's my I don't, four. I don't, I don't think, you know, I – what I'm saying is I'm worried about him. It's okay. You know, I'd I'd rank him higher if I was more confident. You know, in his ability to score touchdowns. Jarvis Landry scored nine touchdowns last year. And Chris so, Hogan, you know, this guy over a full season, he could catch nine, ten touchdown passes. Right. I think Jamison Crowder tops out at six. Okay, so then tell me this, Scotty. Why you have him as 
wide receiver in standard scoring. I see him. You have him as wide receiver 29, and you are eight points higher on him than the consensus, and you are 11 spots higher than him than the ADP. You have him right now as 29. That's right in the middle of wide receiver three, uh, going by kind of you know the 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 divisions there. Are you saying you're going to bump Jamison Crowder down in your updates? Well, you know, it, it, everything's relative. You know, I'm doing my updates based on the, what's happened in the preseason so far and injuries yeah. when I get a chance. Darius to Guy's going prob- down. Prob- probably tomorrow, okay. uh, you know, is the day that I'm looking to adjust everything. You know, I think things through it. I, I changed my mind. And having this conversation, you know, probably going to make me bump him down a few pegs. I still like him for the yardage, I think. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's... It's kind of shaky when it comes to the touchdowns, I think. Alex Alex Smith, you know, you take a look at who he has, and I, I think there's also a school of thought, too, with, with Crowder that he's going to take step forward and be a number one for them. I think he's more of an NFL wide receiver, too. I think this team lacks a true number one. Yeah, but I do enough. like their talent. I do like their yeah. talent, but I think it's a collection of number twos. Okay. Um, you know, you currently have him at, in standard scoring as number 29. Even if you bump him down a couple of pegs somewhere in the early 30s or the mid-30s, yeah. that still winds up as a wide receiver three in your rankings because, in my opinion, I think 12-team leagues, so wide receiver threes are all the way up to number 36, Scotty. So even if you I'm bump not saying him a couple I'm not pegs, saying I hate the guy. I'm not saying yeah. I hate the guy. I think, Fair I enough. think the yardage is going to be there, but let me be clear. I worry about the touchdowns. No, I understand, but remember. This this started because you said I kind of put him with Jarvis Landry, and I I don't because I think Landry – that's right, not what, what did I you said. Say? I what did not did say, say I put him with Jarvis Landry. I said that I think some of the growth that we're all expecting with Jarvis Landry in terms of him as a receiver, I said I expect some of those things to happen with Jamison Crowder as well, although not to the extent of Jarvis Landry. That he's Fair going enough. to take a step forward. That's kind of what I said. And so even if you do bump him down a little bit, he's in that wide receiver three range. I have him as a wide receiver four on my flex league team, so I'm happy about that. The thing I want to let people know about, Scotty, is they also need to go on over to FantasyFactor.com. Fantasy Factor is the only exclusive single-entry DFS site, okay? They got free rolls registering all the time and great promotions for free prizes. Keep a lookout for Fantasy Factor's free $1 million survival contest opening about a week before NFL kickoff, okay? I love this place a lot better than some of those other sites where you got, you're competing against guys with 50, 100, 150 entries in the same tournament and their algorithms. It really doesn't give you much of a chance. Go on over to fantasyfactor.com for single entry DFS. Scotty, I'm starting to build uh, week one lineups myself, you know, and I'm thinking about some of these guys that we've talked about, you know. I'm thinking about a guy like Chris Hogan, especially with no Julian Edelman there in the first four weeks. You think Hogan could be a value early on in the season, DFS? Uh, I think people, a lot of people are going to be on him. Uh, okay. I haven't seen the price, but I think he's going to be widely owned. Right. Fair enough. Fair enough. We got to read the tea leaves throughout the preseason. That will certainly represent some value for us um, as we go ahead and try to make some cash in week one. Scotty, tell me, because, you know, I'm going to be gone for uh, the rest of this week and then coming back next week after preseason week two. We'll have so much to talk about. But between now and then, what should people expect to be added to the Roto Experts exclusive edge fantasy football package? A lot more articles and my ranks will be updated. 
All right, absolutely. And don't forget to go on over to the Roto Experts exclusive edge fantasy football package. You could enter the promo code winner at checkout. You could enter the promo code the king at checkout. My personal favorite, though, answer the promo code El Rey because Scotty the King Angle is El Rey de Fantasia. I am merely Chulo. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, when we come back, Scotty, here's what we're going to do. We're going to dive into uh, a little bit of that Roto Experts Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. Talk about a couple of your NFC players to watch. Then I want to go on over to mybookie.ag. We got some prop bets for things like MVP, Rookie of the Year. want to talk through some of those with you. And I told you uh, Denver Bronco fans are fundraising for a different effort. I'll tell you about that when we come back as well as we put the fun and functional sports radio. It's Dane and Scott, Roto Experts in the morning. Come on right back. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Experts in the morning right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The spitting statistician, Dane Martinez, El Rey de Fantasia, the King Scott Angle, giving it to you right here. The little Craig Mack. Uh, Scott, are you familiar with Craig Mack flavor in your ear? I think I've heard this before. Yeah, in the early 90s. This is one of Bad Boy's yeah. first artists. Puffy signed Craig Mack before even Notorious B.I.G. Scotty, you are moving the needle. I know you're a big fan of Carry On My Wayward Son as one of the team name options. Since last check, Carry On My Wayward Son has made a move. It has hopped over for Netflix and chill for the second place in our poll. Still, people like right now Jimmy G-Spot at 34%. I know our guy, the closer. to beat, yeah. It might be. I know our guy, the closer, Chris Ventra, is going to be all over that. Hey, Scotty, I, we always tell people when we're talking about the season win totals, when we're talking about, like, will they make the playoffs, that we go on over to mybookie.ag. You also can use the Prop Builder tool, okay? And remember, if you want, you can enter the promo code FNTSY. You get a 50% deposit bonus um, if you use our promo code. We love mybookie.ag. We love that they got the Prop Builders tool. So I wanted to look at some of these individual player props. And you know what I think is interesting, Scott? I'm looking at the odds of who's going to win the MVP in the NFL. Okay, and I think it's very interesting. Um, First thing I'll tell you right off the bat is Russell Wilson is at plus 1,600, okay? So I know you love Russell, and if Russell keeps them in playoff contention, it may be a lot of Russell Wilson making plays. So that could be – that's a really interesting option to me, and I know how much you love Russell. He's at plus 1,600. But, Scotty, just to recap, nobody is going to be at minus money here, okay? Because the odds are long for anybody to pick any one player to win NFL MVP. Your boy Russell Wilson is at plus 1,600. The two heavy favorites – If you lay 100 and he wins the MVP, you get – Sixteen hundred. That is correct. Yes. Okay. Well, actually, you get seventeen hundred because you get your original hundred yeah, yeah, back. Yeah. Your your I'm your win. Profit. Yeah. Your profit yeah. is sixteen hundred. Absolutely correct. The two favorites, Scotty, uh, Aaron Rodgers, at plus four hundred. Tom Brady 
at plus 500. Which, of those two, which would you think, think is the better value? They're the two favorites, Rodgers and Brady. I think that makes sense. Who, would you, who do you think is the better shot there? I think when, when, when guys vote for the MVP, they look for the player uh, that's pretty much on a dominant regular right. season team. And yes. I don't think the Packers are going to be that this year because I get concerned about their defense. So I think I definitely mm-hmm. pick Brady. Yeah. Interesting. Here's a couple of other guys that could be interesting to you that I'm going to tell you who I'm intrigued by. Uh, one guy that could be interesting to you, Carson Wentz at plus 580. There was a lot of stuff about him last year being a, a, a contender uh, before he had his injury. But, Scott, I know some of the one of the teams that you really like um, to do well this year has certainly a star quarterback who will certainly have the stats in all life likelihood to back him up what do you think about plus 1100 for drew Brees? i'm not touching it because no you know that, don't you that like the saints more... don't you yeah, like the saints that, as a dominant regular season team with a good offense yeah but i'm not basing it just on the quarterback though which hmm. is what what you do if you take drew Brees? drew Brees did not put up the numbers last year like he did in the past this is a different team they have a strong running game and a better defense. They're more balanced. So I don't think Drew Brees has to put up spectacular numbers for the Saints to, A, win the division, B, make a deep playoff run. All right, fair enough. Here's one guy I, that real, I, like. I realize the MVP is based just on the regular season, but I think it's more that there's going to be so much balance on that team. You're not going to have that one outstanding guy say, wow, he really carried them as far as they went. Interesting. Okay. I buy that. Let me ask you this. Uh, do you think that in essence, though, the MVP is like a quarterback award? Who was the last running back to win it? Was it like Sean Alexander that one year? Uh, was it LaDainian yeah, Tomlinson? It Did Adrian think- Peterson win MVP the year he went for 2,000 yards? Yeah, I'd have to look it up. We'd have to look, uh, but, but it I is know. generally a quarterback award, right? It has been? Yeah, it, it, it certainly has been. And, you know, maybe sometimes it isn't fair. Yeah. Fair enough. Let me ask. Let me ask you this. I, I, there's two other guys that I kind of like here. Again, they are quarterbacks and they of uh, high-powered offenses. I'm looking in the AFC, and you know, Scotty, I'm trying to beat Tom Brady. I'm trying to beat the New England Patriots, and there are two teams specifically that I like with a chance to do that. One is the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? So I look at Big Ben, and Big Ben is all the way at plus three thousand. And I think to your point about Drew Brees, there's other big boys in. Uh, on Pittsburgh, right? So, like, you know, Big Ben is at plus 3,000. Antonio Brown is at plus 4,000. Le'Veon Bell is interesting at just plus 3,300. But I think because you have so many guys that are at that truly elite level, I stay away from all of them. But then I look, Scotty, and I think this is an interesting value. Plus 2,500, Scotty. So you're going to get a little bit of a bump here if you nail this one right. What about Philip Rivers? If the Chargers, a lot of people think, hold on, Scotty, a lot of people think that the Chargers, you know, are primed and could be a playoff team, could be a strong team. If the Chargers go like 12 and 4, Scotty, and they have a good offense, a lot of people towards the end of his career, they may be a little bit of a sentimental vote there as well. I mean, he's at 25 to 1, so it's not like it's a favorite. Obviously, people like Rodgers and Wilson are better options, but at plus 2,500, I think it's viable to put a couple of bucks on Rivers. I think it, the odds are fair, but I don't. I think the Chargers are probably going to be like the third best team in the AFC. Uh, sure. You know, until proven otherwise, it's still New England, much to to your chagrin. Uh, no, that's fair. I think either, I think 
I think Houston has a possibility or Jacksonville to be that second best team in the AFC and then probably Deshaun Watson plus 1,000. Better odds than a lot of people. Deshaun Watson plus 1,000 after only six games in the NFL. Like I said, the Texans are such an interesting team because if everybody stays healthy, I think they do have a shot to knock the Patriots off. I think they're that talented. You know, they have a great quarterback. They they have a powerful, up potent offense. They have maybe the under best under most underrated and best linebacking crew. It really depends. Can the secondary hold up? Can the running game hold up? And can this team stay healthy? A lot of things have to break right, but the Texans have a lot of upside. And by the way, quarterbacks have won the last five awards. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adrian Peterson won it was in Peterson, 2012. Huh? Uh, and then we had back-to-back running backs winning in 2005 and 2006 with Sean Alexander and Daniel Tomlinson. Uh, LT. Uh, and then you had Marshall Falk in 2000, oh, okay. Terrell Davis in 1998. It's, and, what was the and last time it was not a wide receiver? Was it ever a wide I'm receiver at any time recently that it was not a quarterback or a running back? Did Charles Woodson the last, win it the, one year? The last time... That a non-quarterback, a running back, what it would Lawrence Taylor in 1986. Wow. All right, so fair enough. So that means it is going to be very hard. Okay, you see some of the other people on this list. You know, uh, you see some defensive players like a J.J. Watt, let's say, a Joey Boza on this list. I don't think that's going to happen. And when you look at some of the wide receivers on this list, it does not think that, you know, Odell Beckham is not somewhere you want to put your money. Rob Gronkowski is not somewhere you want to put your money. Let me ask you about this one, because this one I think is a little bit different, Scotty. I'm looking at NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year. Offensive Rookie of the Year. Saquon Barkley is at only plus 140. Okay, so it's kind of like he's a huge favorite, Scotty, for Offensive Rookie of the Year. And I think that's justly deserved, right? I think that's justly deserved. All all people think he's going to, you know, be a godsend to this New York Giants team. But let's say something happens. You know, he's dealing with a mild strain right now. You know, if we take Saquon out of the mix, you know, here are some of the ones that are at shorter odds. Let me tell you, let's see if you think any of these. Baker Mayfield at 650. I don't think he's going to be on the field enough uh, for that to work out. Um, short odds, Josh Rosen at plus 800. You get Lamar at plus 1,200. Um, Rashad Penny at plus 1,200. Sam Darnold at plus 1,500. But outside of Saquon Barkley, it looks like people think Baker Mayfield has a good shot. I don't think that's going to wind up happening because I think Tyrod Taylor is going to be there. Who, who do you think might be uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year? Where would you put your money? You want me to You want to talk about anybody specifically here? It's kind of hard to bet against Barkley. It is, but that's why you're only getting plus 140 on it. And read to me some of the other odds again. So remember, this is rookie of the year. So my mind would go to some of these quarterbacks, right? Baker Mayfield at 650. You got Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen, 800. Josh Allen, 1,000. Sam Darnold, I know you're going to say I'm a homer here, but Sam Darnold of these quarterbacks is the longest odds. You know, Baker Mayfield at plus 650. You got plus 1,000 for Josh Allen, plus 1,200 for uh, Rosen, and then plus 1,500 for Sam Darnold. I, I mean, if Darnold's on the center, if yeah. Darnold's on the center of week one, uh, I think Sam Darnold at plus 1,500. I know you're going to joke at me about the Jets fan stuff, but I think that's a legitimate option outside of Saquon. 
yeah, you know, I'm objective about it, and I can see it. You know, it's it's and it's interesting. You know, both New Jersey teams, you know, have real rookie of the year candidates. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think Rashad Penny, Ronald Jones, you know, right. uh, they're not going to be on the field be, the whole time. Those guys could be in timeshares, and you know, the wide receivers and the tight ends have more of a learning curve. I think it's more of a quarterback, running back kind of thing. I would, I would say, outside of Barkley, Darnold's probably my favorite too. Yeah, I like that. So remember, you can go on over to mybookie.ag, put a couple of shekels on who you like. Um, maybe it's Saquon Barkley. Maybe it's Sam Darnold uh, or someone else if you think one of these other rookies are really going to pop off. But I do think the point is to be made that when we're looking at these kinds of things, Scotty, it really do tend to be wide res- uh, excuse me, running backs and quarterbacks with the uh, lion's share of uh, the vote here and kind of widely deserved as well. Last check on the polls here. Here, Scotty. We got Jimmy G spot still at 34% of the vote. Carry on my wayward son in second with 30% for Netflix and chill, which is my number one pick at 28%. So it's kind of close between those three. And then we were just talking about Saquon Barkley. Oh, Saquon, you see bringing up the rear, at least in this poll with only 8%. We do like it. There've been a lot of others as well. We're getting more submissions from guys like Carl Anderson, guys like Mendo Bruce, of course, Taylor Bryson, who have been hitting us up. Listen, Mendo- Mendo Bruce is gonna, yeah. This is uh, Mendo Bruce has a couple uh, that he suggested. There's some more building, but what I want to do, Scotty, is I want to pause on this one for now. We'll call this like the first half of the competition because, as I've mentioned, I'm gonna be out. Uh, out on vacation for the rest of the week and on Monday, George Kurtz filling in. I appreciate him for that. So when I'm back early next week, there should be a ton more to discuss in terms of team name submissions. There'll be a ton more to discuss because we'll have uh, week two of the preseason, which unfortunately also means, Scotty, that we'll probably have more injuries to discuss and kind of the repercussions of that. Scotty, as we close on out here with Carton and Friends about to come on next here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, what I want to do is I want to bounce one last story off of you, Scotty, uh, that I thought was kind of funny. In Denver, uh, they've made it official. Chad Kelly is now the number two quarterback on the depth chart. He hopped over Paxton Lynch. But the Denver Broncos fans, Scotty, they want to go even further. They want to go even further with this one. Um, You know, when we were talking to the GM genius guys, they were saying how, you know, people are really in the fantasy community contributing to funds and stuff like that. We see how we've raised money before in other uh, venues. Are you familiar with GoFundMe, Scott? Of course, yeah. Okay, so so Broncos fans have put up a GoFundMe to have fans contribute to support the salary cap hit if the Denver Broncos were to cut Paxton Lynch outright. <laughs> they have literally put up a GoFundMe campaign, and right now there's a, uh, there's a lot of people contributing to this that are donating money to the Denver Broncos, and they're saying, quote-unquote, they're raising money to cover the Denver Broncos' cost of cutting quarterback Paxton Lynch off the roster. That's what this GoFundMe is for. Okay, if the Broncos were to cut Paxton Lynch, he would carry a cap hit of $4.45 million this season and $1.8 million next season. That coming out of sport track. Um, Listen, I don't think that's going to happen, but I think it's crazy. They're seeking their goal is to raise six hundred thousand dollars to help mitigate the organizational cap hit kind of to far extents to get one of these quarterbacks off the roster. But as you said, it hasn't happened for Paxton Lynch, huh, Scotty? No, he didn't look good last year. He looked terrible (laughs) in the preseason opener. 
I'd be worried about the quarterback situation in Denver. Like we were saying yep. yesterday, I'm not sold. I think Case Keenum is going to be a one-season wonder. And he had his career year last year. I, I think the Broncos are going to miss the playoffs. I, 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 I can't see Case Keenum as a top 25 player on the NFL top 100, you know, that right. they have on the NFL network. It just it doesn't make sense to me. The guy is a career backup, I think, that played over his head last year. I used to argue about this about Matt Modica constantly last year. I'm just I'm still not a believer in in, in Case Keenum. I, I, he finally got exposed deep into the playoffs. Yeah, he may be a he may be an upgrade over uh, you know Trevor Simeon, who they had, but I don't know that I'm going to necessarily expect him to replicate his career year of 2017. I'd, ra- I'd rather have Teddy. I'd rather have Teddy that. Bridgewater. I'd rather have yeah, Teddy there, Bridgewater. There's a number of teams where Teddy Bridgewater showing himself maybe to be better than the starting incumbent that is right there. The Jets may use him as an asset moving forward, but you know, and Keenum will have weapons there with Demarius Thomas, Manny Sanders, and of course some of these rookie wide receivers that we're talking about. You know, we like Corton Sutton potentially. Deshaun Hamilton is there as well. Remember the rookie running back Royce Freeman as well. And don't forget, Scotty, I get to end it on this. Jake Butt could be there. Butt could be the nice little tight end for Case Keenum, huh? I think he's probably about a year away. This is really going to be. be like his real rookie year, I think. So, All right, so by we next will year, see. I think, I think you know, that's a guy that we're going to be talking more about. And we'll see. Uh, coming up for the rest of this week, George Kurtz is in for me. He'll hold it down with the King Scott angle. Scott, are you going to miss me for the rest of the week? Of course I am. I'm the, I got to be the one that says cockadoodle doing fair enough now for the next few Yeah. Well, fair enough, my friend. You could get Chris Bavona maybe to insert that when I'm gone. But listen, when, we, when I come back, the preseason will be half over, and we're going to really need to get into these drafts and where we're seeing the tea leaves to be read. Carton and Friends is up next. Thanks for holding it down for me the rest of the week, George Kurtz. Hurry and thanks up, always to the, spit st- uh, to the King Scott Angle. I'll see you guys next week back here on Roto Experts in the morning. Have a great day, Scotty.